We started Hilchas Basic Knesset yesterday, and we continue. You should build the shul at the high place of this city. And you should raise it and elevate it and make the shul the tallest structure of the city. La Fulke Bironios, and we're not taking into account the Bironios. What are Bironios? Says the Ramah, Perush Binyonim Hasuim Lenoi. Structures that are made for beauty. Targum Sechoyos Hachemda Bironios Shapiron. In other words, if you have a structure, a building that is not lived in, it's just a, uh, I don't know, you don't live. It's something, Eiffel Tower, you don't live in Eiffel Tower, right? It's, it's a very big structure. That's not taken into account as that your shul should be bigger than that structure. So I want to just jump for a second and share with you the seriousness of this topic. I want to share with you a Shari Tshuva, which is on your screen, Reb Samach. It's the left little Shari Tshuva there. When I say little, I'm saying the paragraph. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's the first one of there. It says, Ha'ir, Gimel. So it says, Di'imchas v'sholoim, Ha'ir nechreves, mi'oyisei ovoin. If God forbid a city is destroyed because the shul is not built with the height that it was supposed to have to be the tallest in the city, Hashem will not bring that shul back in the future. That's why it is extremely important to be as careful as much as possible. Now, we are in Golos. We don't have necessarily the capability. We have these zoning boards and things like this to build, you know, the shul as big as we want to build it, to be the tallest structure. But we have to understand the seriousness of this topic. It's not just, okay, you know, you're building a shul, let's get a nice architecture, engineer, and uh, have a nice tall structure. No, no, no. It's a very serious topic here. Let's go back inside in the Mechaber. So he says, that if you have in the city these other structures that people don't live in them, it's just a, whatever you want to call it, a museum type of structure, then it's not a problem of that other item, that structure is taller and bigger than the shul. Roof which is slanted, and even though it's taller than the actual shul, but it's not roy latashish, it's not fit to be used for a uh, living quarters or for any purpose for that matter. So, with the way you evaluate and estimate that slanted roof, is well, is there an attic? Is there an attic? In that, in that, uh, by by the roof, the slanted roof, and by the by the slanted section, like we have houses that you could go to your attic, and there's a slanted section that that could still be used. So depending on how, if that attic section can still be used, is higher than the shul, then we have a problem. 
But the actual slanted rooftop, it's not used. You're not using that. As opposed to a flat rooftop, you go to you go to Brooklyn and you have you, you have you have high fences on the flat rooftops and yeshivas. They have, that's where they have basketball courts on the rooftop. It's a, it's a very common thing in certain places. So that's now we're discussing. If the building is built after the shul and it says Jewish building, they're doing avera. Uh, if you can't control a non-Jewish building, you can't control it. That's what I'm saying. Like the Golis factor, right? If we're we're like you know in Balakinwood here in Golis, and you, you can't always control these factors. So. Then then city hall. Yeah, that was the really. Yeah. Then the statue on top of city hall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was the was the was the. Yeah. Why that's that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. developer, uh, Howard Rob, remember his name, uh, convinced city council that not having full office buildings was hurting the city. Uh huh. Uh huh. Financially, under money talks. <laughs> that's the bottom line. So they permitted a zone. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that because it does apply to our topic over here where you see Lahavdil, Ben Lachol, you see they had a mindset that William Penn is, is, is the pinnacle, his hat is the top. Right. Once again, Lahavdil, Ben Lachol, by the basic Nessus, it has to be the tallest structure in the city. He says further, he says in the Mechavim Shavanah, the Mokim Shahu, Roy Latashish, Taino Shim Yesh, like we just mentioned, that it, the attic, if it's not used, then that does not come into calculation. If it is used, they have to make sure it's lower than the shul. Before we see the Ramah, let's catch up. If it's sloping and it's not used from bottom of the slope, if, if it's not a used place and you go from the bottom of the slope, correct. Says the Mishra in Sivkot and Dalit. It's just four lines down in the in the Mishtarura. The Gavashal ear. Shenema b'roish haimiyos tikra. He brings a pasuk that it should be from the highest places in the city. Sivkot and Hegavoyu mikol bati ear. Brings another pasuk that the shuls have to be higher than all the houses of the city. L'roi name is based lakenu to elevate the house of Hashem. Says further, unfortunately, there are places that are not careful with this Allah. The reason they're not careful, since you have a lot of houses of idol worship, we'll call it that, that are higher than the shuls, taller than the shuls. So he says, you, you don't have the. the recognition that the shul is a tall structure anyway, because unfortunately you have houses of, of idol worship, which is even taller. So that's, he's explaining as to why sometimes in certain communities they're not so careful with it. He's not saying it's permissible, but he's giving it like a limut schus on that. A, a favorable understanding. Ideally, you should be very careful. As much as possible. Because the Gemara is very machmer. And then he says, I am a Shari Tshuva. Take a look at the Shari Tshuva, which we discussed a few minutes ago. He says like this, I'm reading for the Dirshu note here, number nine. Interesting. Interesting. Rebbe, in his 
Chidushim on Shabbos, Dafir Aleph on Aleph tells us that if you have one shul that is taller than the rest of the the houses in the city, that's sufficient. It doesn't have to be every single shul. That's what the Sasemis learns the Sugya. Okay. Says further in Sif Kotin Vav Hasuyim Lunoi. So the structures that are made for beautification of the city, but not to live in, that's not put into the calculation of the height. Lenoi ba'alma is just to beautify the city. They don't use the inside of it at all. Therefore, we're not concerned of those heights, of those things, of, of those structures. And, and if the houses are smaller than that, it's not a problem. Siv Kotin Zayin. We first turn to the Ramah, where the Ramah says, V'shaset Chak, V'yishiyesh Mitzvah Malchus, Sheinim Rishayim, Livnoi, Zbeisek Nezes Gedinoi. So he says, at a time of necessity, I don't really understand what the Ramah means when he says, V'shaset Chak, a time of necessity. What what does it mean, a time of necessity that you can't build, you can't build your shul higher? Is he talking about a dangerous situation? But that's the next case, he says, that... It's called Shas Hadchak, a time of emergency. A time of emergency. And then he gives another example, or, or a different case, where the king or the government says, you cannot, imagine this case, imagine be a scenario, I'm not sure, have you ever heard that in, in Philadelphia, you weren't allowed to build structures higher than William Penn's hat? Imagine that ridiculous thing. <laughs> okay, you weren't allowed to do that. Okay, but that's exactly what he's talking about. Oh, so he says, he says, Mitzvah Malchus Shein Rishoyim Livnois Basic Nesakidino. They would not permit us to build our shuls halachally properly. Mutterly Spal Babayis, you still had a David in that shul, Afapish, Doran Balia, Al Gabav, Lavashin, Ishe, in Hogu Balia, Shola Venikios. So he says, you can, you can live in a shul on, in an attic above the actual shul below. When they wouldn't permit you to build the shul properly, you would be permitted to live on top of a shul, which we know, many shtiblach are like this, where, where on top of, or on the bottom, or with different places, you have the shul, and above there's a family, the rav, maybe they live there, right? You, you, can't, you can't just build anything as tall as you want. It's not going to happen, not going to work. Says the Mishra Sivkot and Zayin. What's the line of Imke in a basic nesses, Namuch? Just one second, I just want to finish the here. The basic nesses, Namuch, if the shul is low, Mimokum di Rosoi, from the place where the person lives, Afilawachi Shari. So if the person is living on top and the shul is below, we're saying that is halachically permissible when they don't let you build a shul to the halachic height that it really should be. So that was Allah Bayes. Allah Bayes is the Allah that told us Bayes to remember the Bainim to build, just to make a simon for yourself, to build a structure, the shul halachically should be the tallest one. And as we had on the screen a few minutes before, and those listening to the recorder, I'll tell you what we had on the screen, where Rabbi Samach put on the picture of the Khurva shul. And as he mentioned, oh thank you again. And as he had mentioned that if you take the tour of the Khurva shul, you will you will um, see that they tell you that the actual dome of the Chor Shul is taller than the minaret to, to its left, depending on, I guess, which direction you're standing from. And for anybody who saw the Chor Shul before it was rebuilt, and, and you think about it, it's just, it's just an unbelievable expression of chizuk. 
I remember when I saw it first, it, it's not like you look at history books, it's in, your own, in our lifetime. There was just nothing there. There was one little piece going across, right? One little piece going over. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you come back years later, it's it's like a nace. It's not much like a nace. And, and it gives chizik to the fact that right down the block of the Chorvashul is the Kaisel. And the Mitz Hashem, Bekar of Meri Menu, will have the base of Migdash rebuilt and it be the most glorious, it'll be the most glorious structure, of course. Mm-hmm. Says the Mechab Siv Gimel. What happens if a person built his house taller than the shul? There are those that that uh, say, those opinions will say that you should lower, that you should lower the, you should lower the, uh, you have to force him to lower the structure. For those listening on the recorder, the reason I just kept pen, uh, repeating that word because I was showing the oilum here, the actual chorva shul, when it was a chorva. It, it's just it's just beyond comprehension. Beyond comprehension. Right here, yes. That's the picture of the chorva shul, what it was, just just a few years back. And now now it's it's this beautiful structure we have today. If you make one section higher of the shul, higher than the house, that's sufficient. It's not, it's not that, the, that the house is taller than the shul, but if you take a section of the shul that make that one section a little taller, that will be sufficient that you don't have to lower the height of the house. You built one wall taller of the shul. That's, that's good enough. Specifically, if you put it on the roof or in the attic, that wall. He says, not like what some people do. They take an iron pole, for example, and they place it to be higher than that house, and now that the shul is bigger than the house. That's incorrect. Yeah, you have to take, make a wall, a structure, on the roof or the attic of the actual shul itself. Siv Dalid. Nechaira says here in Siv Dalid, so, let's give a little introduction here. We all appreciate the sun coming into our house. What happens if there's a large structure blocking the sun because it's right next to your windows? You won't appreciate that. So that's what we're discussing over here. When it builds a structure... In front of the windows of the shul, ein maspik loy It's not enough. Talking about zoning now to distance that structure four amos away. Now four amos is is a distance from me to Reb Mordechai. Okay, that's around. It's even less than that, maybe. It's, it's around eight feet, you know, approximately a little more, a little less, depending on which measurements you use. So he says it's not enough. We're going to see it has to be actually eight amos, a minimum of eight amos away. From, from the window to build a different structure. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot also, but it's, it's it, four amos he's saying is, is not a sufficient uh, 
distance. Because the shul needs our gadol. Shul needs a lot of light. Now let's just understand what Mechaber is talking about. You come to shul for the purpose of davening. You take out the sitter, and if it's dark, you can't see, it's very problem- problematic. You can't daven. So of course, they lit the candles, but as much natural sunlight that's, that's able to be brought into the shul, that's, that's, in those days, it's extremely, extremely important. Nowadays, it's beautification of the shul. Right, right here, we have a lot, a lot of large windows where we are. It, it, it makes it very nice. But you have, you have lights above your head over here, so it's a whole different ballgame. Says the Mishterusiv Cotton Tess. Ain't Masvik, it's not enough to have Dalit Amos away from the windows. The Ilubanda Koisel Bereshusi Neget Chaloy Neshla Chavero, I didn't know who did Sorech Larchik Arba Amos, Kedeshul Yafil, Es Chaloy Nevedai. Because where does the four Amos come from? He says, if you're building a, a house near your friend's house, you have to make sure you give him four Amos away from his window. You cannot build your house, even if it's on your property, you cannot build your house right next to his window if it's it's within four Amos. So that's where the Mechav is coming from. By a regular house, four Amos is sufficient. By a shul where they need more light, you have to have a minimum. Yet to distance yourself further. And how much is further? He says it's not so clarified, not clarified so much how much is further. He says with eight amos, you're definitely okay. If you build your house with more than eight amos away from the window, you're doing fine. Now, I want to just once again share with you something which is very frightening so that we should understand the severity of the topic we're discussing here. It's not just, okay, you know, they get more sunlight, don't get more sunlight. I'm, I'm saying this with hesitation because it, it, it might, it might uh, shock us a little. And, and it's for us to appreciate Kedusha's base haknesis, the sanctity, the holiness, the Kedusha of Hashem's Mikdash Ma'at. No base Hamidish Bismanazeh. Hashem says, my base haknesis, my base Hamidish is my house, is my dwelling place in this generation. Says the El Yeraba, the name is Sev Chasidim, Simon Tov Tov Yud Gimel. In regards to the severity of a person who built and block the windows. He brings that there's a story, this is now from the Rishonim. Sefer Chasidim is one of the Rishonim, Rav Yudah Chasidim. And he says he blocked the light from coming in because from the windows. And his children died. You should never hear these. This is the severity. It's not just, okay, you know, you get some sunlight, you don't get a lot. No. Sefer Hasidim is telling us the reason why that happened is because he blocked the sunlight. Take a look in Simon Tov, Tov, Yud, Gimel, Sefer Hasidim. He says further over here, Fine. Now, in regards to the other rooms of the shul or the women's section, over there also, in Gam Sham, there's a shayla whether or not four amas will be sufficient or not. It says the Mishra de Bahu, 
So he says, if it's only by the other sections of the shul, not the actual men's section where you have to make the minion to daven, but the other sections, if it's if it's four amas, that should possibly be sufficient. The courtyard of the shul, the chotzer beisikneses. It's not a private place to do things. Just like you have downstairs. You have an open section outside, the chutz of the shul. You can't be moiche, you can't rebuke an individual who wants to open his windows over there. Because his windows over there are like opening the windows in the public area. The fact that it's now facing the courtyard of the shul. So you'll say, well, what's the issue? Well, you open up the windows and you hear the noise from his house or this and that. It's like a public place now. That chatzar of the shul has a status of a public place just like opening it to the street section. Now listen to this. What happens if the shul opens their windows towards his chatzar, towards his courtyard. He now can say, excuse me, you're, you're, you're stepping on my privacy. This is my privacy. That the shul windows are now facing into his private property. This is also a nice segue for those who are learning with us Gemara. We're finishing Gittin, Mezuz Hashem, this coming Friday, which means tomorrow. Shabbos, Kodesh, and we're starting Basra, Monday, Abalim, Latayva, and these type of sugyas, uh, especially like Gemara in the beginning of, uh, of uh, the Mesechta, are discussed there also. We're talking here where the individual is opening his windows to a public location. So the whole discussion over here that we can actually stop here and pick up from this point um, tomorrow, Mr. Shem, about who has the right to say, don't open your windows in my location, or or is that overstepping the literal boundaries of a person's privacy and with the shul, and we'll pick up from this piece that we just read tomorrow, Mr. Shem.